Hey, everybody. Glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Welcome to the chat. And I am very happy to have a good friend of mine today uh, on the show with me. Jamie Seals is here. Uh, This show is about talking to church leaders, ministers, and folks involved in ministry. And uh, he has become a good friend of mine over how how long we've as we say in knowing each other. It's been about two years. Two, now. Has it been two years? Can you believe it? You are a blessing to me. I want you to know that. Well, you are. You are too. a blessing to me. Uh, Jamie came into my life. Uh, we do some work for the same hospice company, and uh, I serve now as a PRN chaplain. He's the chaplain, and we've got to know each other in that capacity. And buddy, it's it's good to have you here. Thank Thanks you so for much. Coming. Well, I Thank appreciate you. Just taking time to talk to me today. Well, gonna, we look, I look forward to it's it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. We, uh, I said before we came on there, we're having way too much fun. Yeah, this right. Show, this serious stuff it's here. serious business. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. I'm, I know a little bit about your heart. I know about your Christian values. I know a lot of your priorities because we've been around each other a lot in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. How did all that happen? Were you raised in a Christian home? Were you? I mean, did you grow up in the faith? Did something you came to later? Uh, tell me that story. I know well, you made one flaw mistake. You went to Alabama. So, but we're, I'm, I'm trying to forget that and not hold that against you. But, I did. But I, we're all entitled to one faux pas in our life. Right, exactly. Yours is behind you. Right, right. We'll move on there. But the, seriously, how did yeah. you uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? So I did. Um, my dad my dad was a um, Sunday school teacher, and he's a deacon now in uh, Southern Baptist Church in, in, in Alabaster, Alabama, which is where I grew up. But my parents were not like the type of people that would force you to um, think a certain way or, you know, they were not like, you got to think this or you got to do this or, you know, you have to approach faith. They they encouraged me to ask my questions um, from a very, very early age. Um, I had questions about God. Like people would come up to me and say they knew God. And I would be like, well, if you know God, can I know God? You know, and so as, you know, seven, eight-year-old boy, like, Every time the church doors were open, I would be there, you know, like uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, just very involved in in um, my church background. You know, I would be there when my parents weren't there, you know, I mean, uh, and so that's kind of how I initially got interested in faith. Um, when I was 15 years old, I got to see Billy Graham at a at a crusade in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. 15. I was 15. Did you really? And that pretty much blew me away. Wow. You know, I was that's like, you know, that's love. That's that's the love of God personified. And, yeah. and um and it's a simple message that that really touched my heart at 15 years old. But I had a lot of questions and So you went to you, you they uh, 7 8 years old even when your parents uh would not be in that particular service. You went anywhere. Absolutely. Hey, did, you, did you drive yourself? Or well, I would have a friend. A friend, you know, would, take so friend you had- would take me or somebody would come pick me up, um, you know, especially by the time I got to youth group. I mean, you know, I had a, um, a fairly large size youth group, um, 70, 80 uh, other peers. Yeah. And so, you know, there was always somebody that would that would come and pick me up or or, so or that interest to be. Was there a time at point in time where you said uh, that you made a decision that said, "Hey, uh, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior"? So or, I was eleven. Eleven. So I was, a fifth, I was a fifth grader. Fifth grader. I, I was. I had. Uh, I don't remember what happened to cause it, but I know I was in the restroom. And um, it can I, happen I, anywhere. I was at school, and I remember having learned that my righteousness is as but filthy rags. Wow. 
that I could work myself, you know, I don't know why as an 11-year-old I was thinking that way, but I did, that I could work myself to death, but I wouldn't, couldn't earn salvation, you know. And I remember just thinking that if, if this was true, that this, this, this person named Jesus uh, gave his life so that we could have eternal life, and I couldn't earn it through my own effort, then I probably should receive it. Wow. And so and, and an 11-year-old boy, that revelation, that reality became real in your heart. It became real in my heart. And wow. then I was baptized um, the next um, the next April. Yeah. Wow. And so it was, I mean, yeah. Well, they, I remember, Jamie, I remember, I remember sitting as a third grader. Miss mm-hmm. Ridner's class, Sweetwater, Tennessee. I'm sitting there. Of course, I've been. I grew up. I was in Sunday school. My parents took me to church, and we were there. So I had that seat in my heart, and and I re- and I was just sitting there in my in my, in my desk, and she obviously was teaching some some quite something not about the Bible, but I was thinking, gosh, if Jesus came back today, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. And it kind of, I thought, well, what what I do about that, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember going home after school, and I usually went out in the backyard and played football. That day, I did. I thought I'd go in the backyard. Jesus would come in and see me, right, <laughs> right, right. But I, but I, that reality. But now I didn't act on that till I was thirteen okay. at, at the end of vacation Bible school in the church, and mm-hmm. I came up and received Jesus. Made a lot of mistakes since then, but He never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. So, so that as an eleven-year-old boy, wow, eleven years old, yeah. And you know, I, I just it really though like. That's really started my journey because I always had questions yeah. like about scripture. Um, like I wanted to know more about scripture. I wanted to know more about history. I wanted to know more about um, the world we live in because um, I felt like the more I understood the world we live in, the, the more I might understand God. Yeah. And not that I could fully understand God because God's ways are not our ways. Yeah. But I think sometimes we get what I call God winks. Yeah. You know where you see God's God's activity in the world around us and yeah. in our lives, and um, I think sometimes through through study and engaging, um, we see more and more of those things. Um, so that kind of st- took me on a quest through kind of my teen years, and that's what led me to um, go to undergrad where I went at Alabama. <laughs> what did you study in undergrad, by the way? Well, I was a philosophy major. And wow, that's interesting. And uh, I also did anthropology. Yeah. And I had a, a minor in economics. And then you went on to school after that. I did. I went to Vanderbilt Divinity School, which is as far. <laughs> You're smiling. Far to the left side <laughs> as you can possibly be on a lot of things. But what I really but it got you prepared for what you're doing now. But what I really appreciate about Vanderbilt is that we were encouraged to to think about things not from a Sunday school lens because sometimes we can we can have an answer and it can, we just repeat the answer and it not be something that I really believe you know so what do I really what what does Jamie Seals really believe about God and right. why do I believe those things about God I was given the space to explore and to engage and then to draw my own conclusions. Uh, I didn't want to go to a dogmatic seminary that said, this is what you should believe. Yeah. Because then I'd walk away thinking, well, I know I should, but do I really? Do I really? But I, and so I walked away from Vanderbilt much more uh, uh, convinced 
that you, of my own. That you believed what you believed, and it was you and not some, some something else. 100%. Hey, listen, thank you so much. I look forward to continuing in just a second. Jamie Seals is my guest today. Glad you're with us. It's, it's a chat. We're back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Happy to have you along. My guest today in studio is my good friend, Jamie Seals. Uh, Jamie just shared with us uh, about accepting Jesus as his Savior when he was 11 years old. Wow. You are involved in the church now, Jamie. Bethesda Church. Bethesda Church. You have a role, uh, associate minister, assistant pastor. That's correct. Okay. Tell me about Bethesda. How did did that, uh, how did you find that church? How does it find you? And what's your, what's your uh, activities there like? So my, my, a uh, journey post divinity school within a uh, church has has evolved. Um, I was involved in youth ministry um, with the church Covenant Church in Nashville for uh, three years, actually, and it was a non denominational kind of uh, of 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 church, um, very contemporary worship, casual, um, what we might call a seeker church. Where okay. people who just really weren't sure what they believed or where they fit in in, in the kingdom of God, um, but but felt like there might be a space for them. Um, I really enjoyed that kind of environment because uh, I think we live in a world where people are asking lots of questions, especially teenagers. There's a lot of pressure on teenagers in our world today. Um, and you were like the youth pastor I was there, a youth or youth? pastor. Okay, and so. I really tried to present, you know, authentic times um, where they could ask questions. That's one of one of my favorite things we got to do was was have times where they would submit questions, things that they encountered during the week, or things that they saw in the world that made them question faith. Or um, and so they would keep a journal, or they would keep notes that would help them to kind of remember um, this is what I'm really struggling with, or what I'm really thinking through. Um, to encourage authentic questions because I think we all have questions and it's our questions that drive us deeper into our faith. I mean, remember Nicodemus. Oh yeah. He came to Jesus with a question. Yeah. But he came at night because he didn't want people to know he (laughs) came. And so I'm like, you know what? Maybe not knock people, but by the time of day they're coming, you know, maybe, maybe they are coming at night or maybe they are sending you an email but and they're not, asking questions. Calling. But they're asking a question, which means they have an interest. Yeah. You know, when people become apathetic and they're not asking questions, that's when you know you've really you've really messed up. So the way I got from Covenant, I had a friend who was a Pentecostal. I bet, back up to Covenant a second, I bet you got some fascinating questions because oh. they came from teenagers. Teenagers. With all kinds of backgrounds, mm-hmm. all kinds of studies, all, all kinds. And, wow, that, that would... I would uh, not want to try to answer a lot of questions I might have asked as a teenager. <laughs> wow, that had to be a great experience. Oh, it's for true. You, I mean, you get from from like sexual questions. I mean, yeah. teenagers. That's all that's on the brain a lot. Yeah, you know, to to questions about aliens, which you yeah, know those really. tend to be. What, what what an experience that that they gave you, and oh, yeah. and I'm sure you were a blessing to them and help oh, clarify wow. some things and maybe uh, get them on a, on the right path or keep them on the right path. Yeah. I didn't mean to regress yeah. back there, but I just yeah. can't help. But uh, you know, I'd like to. I wish you'd journal those, some of those questions. We could talk about them, but uh, but that that had to be a great experience. Absolutely, for you. and isn't, Absolutely. It, isn't it great that you know? And I thought about this through life. When you walk away from an experience, or you just have an experience, and you think, "Wow, I was just used by God." 
Isn't that the best? I think Isn't it's that a, the best? I, it, it, doesn't it, it doesn't get it. You're, it's God. It's his power. It's his grace. It, it's, his, it's him working through you, you know, the absolutely. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But he's using you as a vehicle. To me, that I'm sitting here with goosebumps just, just thinking about having those experiences. Yeah, I think it's amazing because we learn that it's not, a, it's not our power. Yeah. You know, in our weakness, he's made strong. Yeah. So we know that um, it keeps us humble because we know it's really not about our own. You know, if, if I was doing it all on my own, I would surely mess it up. Yeah. And so the something is successful and something works out well, you know, it's God. Yeah. Because without him and without his involvement in our lives and in what we're doing, it's not going to be successful. That's right. And wow. so for us to step back and say, hey, you know. You know, yeah, God did use me, but it was God. It's his grace. Yes. His ability working through us to help us do things we can't do on our own. 100%. Yeah. So then you found yourself at Bethesda. Yeah, Talk about so, Bethesda and your role there. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it was a radical change yeah. because, um, you know, I, I come from a, a Baptist background and I and got Bethesda interested. Bethesda is more Pentecostal It is church. fully Pentecostal. Okay. And my first experience there, I was like, you know, like grabbing the seat because, yeah. you know, I did. I can't, you know, being I was a pretty exuberant worshiper as a Baptist. Yeah. You know, like I raised my hands and said, amen. And hallelujah. <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was exuberant. That's right. <laughs> I learned very quickly that that was not exuberant. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, know, the, you saw exuberance at a whole nother level. The, the the questions of are my hands too high? Yeah, that was out the door. Yeah, you know we have people that run in our church. You yeah. know they run out sometimes run out the door around the church building. Um, you know, like it, it's just a whole different level of 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 spirituality or or belief and the act active involvement of God in our lives. A lot of time, what I really like about, it and what's what got me involved with Bethesda, is not that I believe everybody should be a Pentecostal, but that God is um, the same God who was present in Jesus. Oh, that's good. Is yeah. active in our lives right now. Yeah. And Pentecostals have a great way of of thinking about the the active movement of God in our life in the present. Yeah, and, I, yeah, sure. and I think that's why Pentecostal church is growing worldwide. Yeah. Um, around the world, people are, are converting because they want to experience God now. Yes. Yeah. You know what, what, you know, when Jesus would meet a blind person, he would give them sight when he met a dead person, he raised him, he from, rose the him from the Witness dead. Lazarus. Yeah. he, met people where they were with the needs they had. And I think as a church, as a body, we need to remind people that that same God is active right now. You know, I'm th- sitting here thinking here in Jamie's Utah, by the way, my guest is Jamie Seals. Uh, so you, you went from Vanderbilt Seminary to the Baptist Church to the Pentecostal Church. You talk about full circle. Uh, I mean, but you know, here, here's what I'm thinking in the few seconds we have in this segment. And, and I, I grew up in a Baptist church. I joined a Pentecostal church when I was 13. Mm. Now I attend a uh, non-denominational church. People say, why did you leave the Baptist church? I didn't. I took it with me. Exactly. I took it with me. I took the good things with me. They taught me I was lost and needed a Savior. I was a member of the Church of God for a long time. Uh, And why did you leave the Church of God? I didn't. I took it with me. 
I took with me what they taught me about the Holy Spirit and gifts mm-hmm. of the Spirit and all like that. Mm-hmm. So all those things were building blocks for me. But what I've learned, Jamie, is if we had Jesus in common as the way to God, if we all believe, regardless of the shingle of the denomination, if we all can, all can agree that, that Jesus is the way to the Father, the only way, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, then we've got a basis for fellowship. Amen. You got me to preach now. Amen. Hey, we're back with Jamie Seals and more in just a moment on the chat. We're back on the chat. Happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Jamie Seals, my friend, is my guest today, associate minister at Bethesda Church. Uh, your role there, do you do you minister from the pulpit? Do you, I know you've had a, you some experience as youth pastor, and we've talked about that. Uh, and uh, how, tell me about your experience there at Bethesda. Well, I started off there doing children's and youth ministry, um, just kind of preparing programs to, to educate kids on, you know, like basic questions about, uh, Jonah and the whale and yeah, you know things yeah. like that and and uh um bbs and things like that and then um in the last year um i've done more i'm done more preparing for do to do outreach so um one of the things that we're committed to is um the three things that jesus said in matthew 25 that we ought to do which is uh clothe the naked uh, visit, uh, heal the sick, and visit the prisoner. Yeah, and so I've tried to develop a curriculum um, to try and do those three things: a visit, um, visit the prisoner, um, help the sick. Um, so, like one of the things I've uh, I'm, I'm trying to develop is um, now that COVID is hopefully passing, passing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is going taking some of them there so they can sing hymns yeah. with them and. Um, because just just to take your impact, take your church beyond the four walls, yeah, out into the world around you, to pockets where there are needs. We have people who are recovering addicts, um, who are very active in AA or celebrate recovery, um, and 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 trying to bring that under the umbrella of Bethesda, so that people know that um, that though that they have had a had struggles in the past and maybe my struggle looks different than yours does. Um, there's still space for you. Yeah. Um, and God still loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. Hmm. You know, that's what it's about, Jamie. Is it not? We take, and I love that your phrase by on the four walls because, uh, you know, we, we take the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts, uh, out into the world, the part of the world that we walk on every day. Yep. And we let we and we and the Bible says Jesus was the light of the world when he was here. He now calls us the light of the world. That's right. He calls us, to, you know, he calls us salt and light. Yeah. So we're to take that. We we take that with a regardless of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We do that while we do whatever else it is we're doing outside twenty four seven to to basically take God's love to people uh, that we encounter every day. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The now there's something else that you and I've. Uh, you and I've done together for a couple of years that I got to kind of late in life, uh, and that's hospice uh, chaplaincy. Um, and of course, most folks know that the hospice is uh, a ministry of work that has to do with the latter latter stages of life uh, and uh, the last part of people's life. And of course, I didn't know about hospice until my mom had cancer back in the nineties, and we we had a hospice team take, come take care of her. They were such a blessing to us. I thought, wow. I, you know, I want, I want to get involved in that. So I was got on the board, served as a volunteer, and the Lord led me into the chaplaincy. And, and I said, what do you have to do to be a chaplain? And, and the owner of the company said, we well, need a master's degree in ministry or something like that. Yeah. And I said, well, 
uh, I had a bachelor's in history and political right, science. That right. didn't help me at all. Right. And I and I said, I'll just be a volunteer. Well, I just sat on it for a year, Jamie, or so, but I knew in my heart I was supposed to do that. I knew yeah. God wasn't beating me up about it, but I just knew I was supposed to. So I went back to school, got the degree, and that's what I've been doing, and that's what you've been doing. And have, do, you, do you encounter people, when you tell them it's what you do, they say, well, that's got to be hard. Oh, you, I mean, every day, every week, that's got to be hard. Oh, they say, I can never do that job. Yeah, and, and, and but, but they can do their job because God's given them the grace to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And he gives us the grace to do what we do. Mm-hmm. But but what I and I never want to seem calloused or like I don't care. But I but I say, well, actually, it, it's and it's not hard. It's it's an honor. I mean, when when you walk into a family situation and every time you walk in, somebody behind that door has been told you have six months or less to live. That's what you walk into every time. Absolutely. And so it's an honor to be there. Is it not? Talk about that. No, 100 percent. I think that. You really don't want to ever walk into a house or a home or apartment or, you know, wherever a person lives and have made assumptions. Yeah. Uh, Because every person is going to be different. And so and I think that's the um, that's the intriguing thing about hospices. You're you're dealing with so many different personality types. Yeah. So many different backgrounds, so many different ways of, of experiencing the world. And you have to. To enter their world and earn their trust, or they're not going to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. They're going to shut down like that. Absolutely. And so when they let you enter their world, especially knowing that it's the last few, um, some of them don't know that because we deal with a lot of dementia patients, Yeah, which are some of my favorites. Yeah. Because they they really revert back to um, a lot of those childhood uh, foundational uh, memories that we have. And it just shows you how important it is that that when you have a child who's young, that you uh, you know instill them uh, a love for scripture and a love for for uh, for hymns or sure. gospel or whatever kind of music it is, yeah, yeah. because they're going to remember that even if they don't there have any other memories. You they know? may not know what they had for lunch, but they can still sing "Amazing Grace" all the way through. It's it really all the verses, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I think so. It is an honor because you're those people are allowing you to step into their world in a time when they don't have much time left. Yeah. And you get to help them close their life in a way that's that's meaningful to them. Yeah. And that is, what greater honor is that's there a than great, that? That is a great way to say it. And then to be able to minister and, and to, to be able to minister to them and not only that, but their families, oh. you know, and they uh, – yeah, and and to get to know the families, to minister to them, and then even some of those relationships with the families continue after the loved one has passed. And what a what a great what a you know I'm I'm not very objective, but what a great ministry, what a yeah. great and it's and I could understand how somebody might look at us and say, well, that's hard, but but really because we know, like we said before, Jamie, it's really not us. Mm-hmm. We're the vehicle, mm-hmm. we're the mouthpiece, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's God's grace working through us to help us do things we can't do on our own. One hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. You see yourself doing this for a long time, as well as ministering at Bethesda? You know, I, I, I just, I, I, one, one, one flaw I probably have in my life is I don't think long-term very well. <laughs> I tend to think more in terms of, of stages, and I feel like I'm in a in hospice stage that could last for the rest of my life, or yeah. it could last, you know, a year more. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. It just depends on, you know, as long as I feel called to be doing what I'm doing, then I'll be, then I'll be doing hospice. Yeah. And that's it, to be in God's will, mm-hmm. to be in God's path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because, you know, somebody who's in the, there's no better place, no more fulfilling place to be doing, uh, you know, what you know that, that God's called you to do and God's given you the grace to do. 
One hundred percent. And uh, you know, and uh, so as long as you don't come here saying roll tide, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be okay. Well, we we do say roll tide. However, you know, by the time my dad was my age, he had been at the same job for uh, fifteen twenty years. Yeah, wow. But times have changed so much. People yeah. just is don't tend to stick. He, he started that job when he was nineteen years old. He's been there, and since. he's still there. Yeah, Jamie, it's been great, so, buddy. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. I've enjoyed talking to you. Like Jamie, normal, so. Jamie Seals, my guest today. So happy to have him with us in studio, my good friend. Join us next time for the chat.